And we're live, episode three. Welcome back to episode three of Slacking Off. I'm Charlie. I'm Jesse. Slacking Off is a weekly podcast where we take our Slack conversations that Jesse and I have at work and we bring them to you in podcast form. We will we'll discuss everything from um, celebrity gossip, pop culture, uh, maybe a little bit of video game, TV, movies, music, all that great stuff. What do we have in store today? Charlie. Wow, we have a lot to cover today. I'm so excited to see you and talk to you. We're going to be covering um, the Harry and Meghan interview. Obviously, it's been dominating my life since it aired last night. Got some Taylor Swift to cover. It's International Women's Day, so there's some crossover there. I'm going to dig, dig literally into a little bit of geology. I've got some cool volcano stuff I learned that I'm going to share with you. Um, and a little bit, maybe basketball, NBA All-Star weekend, I know was part of your life, so... I'm super excited to be chatting. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time. Let's get right into it. How was your weekend, Charlie? Okay, yeah. So I actually took a few days off. Um, so I hadn't taken... So at Vidyard, we have um, unlimited holidays. For those of you that want to join the marketing team, there are opening open positions right now. So feel free to reach out to me and use my affiliate code. Um, so I hadn't actually taken many holidays this year because of the whole COVID thing. I've had, um, two trips to Hawaii that we were supposed to take, uh, be canceled. So, uh, yeah. and that's kind of where it tied in with the whole geology thing. Cause you know, Hawaii had a, a scare, but I, I think you're, you'll touch on that in a bit. Learned a lot about it. Um, but yeah, this weekend, what did I do? Like, um, I went up to the cottage mm-hmm. on Thursday afternoon. So I finished uh, the rest of my day working up there, just kind of hung out, brought the dog with me. I just like to pop up there and make sure everything's okay. Make sure no pipes have burst. I just kind of hung out, relaxed, um, watched coming to America too. Oh, thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not great. It's, I mean, it's part of, uh, Amazon prime and I love the movie and, and they bring back, you know, most of the characters. So it's, it's worth checking out, but it's, it's not great. I wouldn't have gone to see it in the theater. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, just kind of hung out at the, at the cottage and I came back and, uh, purchased almost three thousand dollars of workout equipment and we're, we're setting up a home gym in the basement um i've been personal train doing personal training twice a week so yeah uh that's kind of lit a fire as to, especially as to like hey I'd, I'd rather not be paying for this and i'd rather put that money towards having the own my own equipment in my house and you know for those of you that don't know my wife is um a psycho when it comes okay. to uh yeah, yeah to being healthy. She's a triathlete. So, you know, she's working out multiple times a week, so it'll get used. It was a lot of money, but I didn't feel bad just because, you know, it's, it's for both of our health and, you know, my boys are getting older, so hopefully they'll be hitting the weights, uh, when they get older and it'll be, they lose their toy room, but the toy room is like, it's more like a toy storage room. They don't actually play in there because it's just usually a mess. They just kind of pull their toys from there. So, they, they will be losing that, but you got your basement, which kind of counts. Yeah, most exactly. Rooms, I'm sure. Um, I've actually had a couple comments from like people, like friends of mine, my brother specifically, who have checked you out on Instagram since we started doing the show, who are wanting to know, like, how do they get an invite to your basement? Yeah. So, uh, maybe post pandemic, I told my brother he can maybe be my plus one. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been, I've been saying that for years. It's been a while since I've had like a game night and, um, Somebody from the marketing team, I forget who it was, but uh, they were kind of poking me to have have the marketing team over and, and yeah. do a game night down there. But yeah, it's it's been a while. The last actually func- function that I did down there was my nephew's birthday party. Um, that, was a, that was a big hit. 
Yeah. You know what? You bought exercise equipment. I recently purchased a Peloton. So I'm also. You did? I'm very excited. Me and my friend Jill bought them together. Uh, mine will be here on March 30th. I'm eagerly awaiting it. I You'll know it's here because I'm going to be one of those obnoxious people who probably oh, yeah. Peloton gear and talks about like Yeah, out. like vegans, right? Like uh, you got tall everybody. We're on a Peloton. That'll be me. <laughs> I'm really okay. This is awesome because I we you know we can talk touch on this a little bit um, yeah. when you get it, and, and I'd love to know how it's going. Um, it's definitely something that I considered, but um, I'm kind of against bikes. Like I, I can't do it. it drive, I can't picture myself sitting on a bike. Like I don't know how my wife does it. She goes for six hour bike rides, and I, that yeah. would drive me crazy. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just I, I just think it's like for me, it's like just just legs. I don't know. I like to row. I know, I know there's like a rowing version of Peloton now too. There is, there is a rowing version. Um, opposite for me, like I used to love spin class. That was my favorite class okay. in the gym. And then I also enjoy riding a real bike. Um, right. So that was sort of my hybrid um, thought, like something I could do all the time and try and do like before the kids get up or not be confined by the weather. So I'm pretty excited to get it. And well, I'm they, they incorporate like um, little oh. free weights and you get off and do, yeah. A little kit, cool. do all your yeah. work on it so i thought it was cool um so i'm pretty excited but i have to get justin some shoes for it because he wants to try it too so yeah i mean you might as well if if it, i mean to just I mean, price wise it's you know it's not cheap but if if two people if you're both going to use it like you know you got to pay the monthly fee and stuff but if it's yeah. good i i have no problem like so you know we we bought a used treadmill for 400 bucks and we've had to replace a little motor piece and now we need a new deck for it um so all in for five years of treadmill use and the amount that my wife uses that thing, you know, like if you spend a couple grand on a treadmill or a bike, if it's getting used and it's for your health, you know, it's, it's not that hard to swallow. That's what I thought as well. And I feel like, um, it'll motivate me to do it because I spent money, a fair bit of money on it. Right. Right. And if you have a friend to do it, that, that helps yeah. too. That's what we yeah. thought we could motivate each other and like, we're going to try and like pick classes that we can both go to together. And that'll be, that's a big part for me, like going to the gym and things like that. I used to always go with my friends we used to go all the time and we were, it's the guilt factor of not going. Yep. Um, and I miss that obviously like, working out from home. There's a lot of stuff you can do from home, which I've tried to do some of, but it's the, uh, like the shame of being the one who didn't make it or the guilt of dropping out your friends that really gets me motivated. So exactly. I had a personal training session on Sunday and I did not want to go. I'm like, I'm just thinking of ways that I canceled, but I hate being that guy that like, I hate it. Like, you know, even like hair appointment dentist, when people cancel like an hour before, they're like, yeah, I can't make it. Like, you know, we own a small business. My wife is a, a naturopathic doctor and she's got, you know, massage therapists and chiropractors and people will call like an hour or two before and just cancel their appointment and that practitioner is losing money. I hate being that guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I have it scheduled and I'm supposed to be there, it, it, it makes me go and I did not want to go, but I knew that if I did go, you know, I, I'd feel good about it after, you know, my blood's flowing. Like I felt like I was in a barf. Um, that's how, <laughs> that's how I know it. if I don't leave there, feel like I'm feeling like I'm going to puke. I like, I don't feel like I gave it my all that being okay. said i'm in i'm in terrible terrible shape right now so it's very easy for me to feel like i'm gonna puke but you know what i have been actually like trying to do more home workouts to prep for getting the peloton so i don't embarrass myself right you, you got to get in shape to get in shape this 100%. is my theory yes no my I'm, wife thinks i'm crazy i'm pre-working out to really work right out. yes so when i started um personal training sessions i'm like i gotta get in shape before i do that because i'm paying like 40 bucks a session or whatever and 
I can't even do a push-up. So I'm wasting money, right? Like I got to get in shape. <laughs> so I, when I'm spending money, I got to be able to do something, you know? Like, Oh, you know what? It's funny. I have um, good friends of mine. They are like uh, nutritionists and like trainers and they have this cool company, Macro Nutrition Coaching, and I've used them before. And they're very great in terms of if you have like a, you need to make a change to your life. Is that this week's sponsor? Give them, what's it? What's oh, yeah. Macro Nutrition Coaching. I should give them a shout out. No, not a, not affiliate, but tag them, tag them in our comments. They're this week's sponsor along with Retro Kid TO. Retro Kid supplier yes. of, of, of this clothing. They commented on our last episode. So they're, they're oh, listening. There you go. Well, Those are this week's sponsors. I hope Kale from Macro Nutrition. I hope you're watching now that I just said that. Um, but anyway, I've worked with them before. They're incredible. Like they are so knowledgeable and like they really helped me like after I had gray kind of get back in shape and figure out what I should be eating. And I actually post COVID need to get with them again. But I have that same like I'm I've fallen too far off the bandwagon to talk to them about it right now. I need to get my life together a little bit more. So I'm not just embarrassed by how bad it is. Yeah. Um, and then I'll talk to them again and then I'll have them help me out. But um, yeah. So, so how was, how, other than that, how was your, how was your weekend? Sorry. We got my weekend was good. Yeah. It wasn't, didn't do a ton. My sister and my mom came over with my two, my little tiny little niece. Um, so yeah, does your sister have a, yeah, you had a baby, so she is. Congrats! Yeah, thanks. She's tiny, um, and she was a preemie, so she's extra tiny and so cute. Um, and so they stopped by for a visit this weekend, which was exciting. And um, I went to yoga class. Went to yoga. Wait, wait, class. wait, wait. Okay, you went to yoga class. So how did that work? I mean, it was cool. It was nice to be back at yoga. I really miss it. It's so good for my brain, I feel, and like my body as well. But just like limited numbers, yeah, spaced out, masks. Taped out, taped out your mat. They can only do like, I think it's nine people total per class now. It's a okay. um, hot yoga studio, Seiza, um, around here. And yeah, they have it mapped taped so you can you have to pre-book week in advance kind of thing. And they have the whole COVID screening and all that sort of stuff. So I went back to that and Charlie in the class was a slacker, a slacking off. Get out. Mel, if you're watching, it's you. Um, she was in there and she was telling me how she loves the loves the podcast. And then um, the teacher of the class heard and was like, tell us about your podcast. <laughs> um, so it's dark in there at the end of yoga, obviously. So I couldn't tell if anyone else was intrigued or not, but it was very exciting for me that Mel gave me that compliment at yoga class. It was really a highlight of my weekend, to be honest. So Mel is somebody that you knew though, right? It yes, wasn't yes. Already, okay. already did know her, um, but didn't know she didn't know she was enjoying the podcast. So that was exciting to hear. The that. cool part is when you like get stopped in a mall and be like, "Are you Jesse from the slacking off?" Did I ever tell you that story? But this guy approached me in the mall, and I would always joke with Tina, like, "Oh, I hope no one notices me. I'm just, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, like I'd go. We'd be at the airport, and I'm like, "Oh, God, I'm just not into it. Oh. Nobody notices me. You know, I don't have the energy." Um, and finally, some guy in the mall came up to me and. He was like super apologetic. He's like, sorry to bother. You probably get this all the time, but I just want to say, I, I love your um, YouTube channel. I'm a big fan. My wife's right there. I'm like eating it up. I'm like, oh yeah, I get this all the time. It's okay. No, oh, I'm used to it. She's used to it. I'm <laughs> used to waiting. They have to live their life on hold for my fame. <laughs> I will say though, like, you know, it's, it's a bit, it's, it can, it's a bit, uh, it takes some getting used to like, so the only time I would actually really get noticed or recognized is when I would go to like, video game swaps like i like Your video people. games are my thing and that's my content stream for people that don't know yeah those are my people right so i people would come up and you know nice to meet you and i'd, and I'd just be like oh i'm charlie nice to meet you too and i'd you know try and spend some time and 
remember their name, but yeah, it's it's a little bit strange. I, I've signed a few things in my day, which is really weird. Carly, that is so cool of you. Um, <laughs> do you want to know what? I am jealous of this because my husband, who like doesn't care about, you know, has no desire to have any sort of fame or anything one time, he is a hunter and he got this like amazing shot and he took a video of it and it went viral. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember you told me this. So it has over a million views and it got picked up like just totally by accident. He literally like had no, uh, if that had been me, I would have been like, this is my moment, my moment. <laughs> um, he didn't really care that much. But one time in real life, someone recognized him from his video and commented wow. on the, like we were like getting out of the car to go to a convenience store. And someone was like, hey, Justin Walsh, loved your video. Great shot. And Justin was like, <laughs> That's awesome. and i was like wow i'm so jealous and annoyed right now but what was he hunting deer or something deer yeah deer yeah and uh he and uh he we actually so funny recently this weekend i checked online i'm like you have like almost 400 youtube subscribers from that one video like people have just stuck around and i was like man you know jealous you got to capitalize on that. Switch it to like a Jesse Walsh YouTube. I definitely thought about it, but I feel like they would be like, ooh, not interested. Like I don't think <laughs> much crossover between between his fans and, and my content. But otherwise, the big exciting piece of my weekend happened last night, which was obviously the big Oprah interview with Harry and Meghan. I've been really looking forward to that in terms of right. a popular moment for me. So Charlie, I've got a lot to say about it. And I, I know you didn't, I don't think you watched it live. which I'm Well, sorry. I caught up this morning. I got all the important bits. I watched quite a bit of recap from ITV in Britain and got their thoughts. Pierce Morgan um, yeah. went hard in the paint on, uh, on this whole thing. So. He's a hater. Okay, well, yeah. should we get into it? Should we get into our first? Our yeah, first? yeah, let's get into it. You, you, you know, you're the expert here. So yeah, um, give us some background. Okay, yeah. So if you're not familiar with the whole... The whole situation of the Megxit and everything kind of quick Coles notes version is that, you know, Harry, Prince Harry, um, you know, did a very bold thing in marrying not only not uh, an upper echelon of Britain society woman, but an American, a divorcee and an actress, no less. <sighs> um, very shocking to the to the people of his world, um, married her. And um, also, I mean, she's biracial, which is very shocking. The first member of the royal family uh, to be of color. And it has not gone super well. Um, so she has been, I mean, regardless, I guess, of your stance on, on her or them, it is without question that she has been very um, targeted by the tabloid press in the UK in a very negative way and has definitely felt impacts of that. And so her and Megan did something which has never been done before that I know of. Uh, they exited the royal family. They have given up royal life. They have given up their security, all entrapments of royal life. They have left it and they now live in America, in California. And so this interview they did last night was their first time really addressing all of this publicly. And of course they sat down with Oprah, who else would you sit down with if you are launching a new version of your life to tell your story? And Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan potentially <laughs> not necessarily. Um, yeah, Joe Rogan would be a good one too. But Oprah, I might have. To but they wouldn't have gotten paid seven million dollars from Joe on the Rogan. Global, on the global, the global appeal. Yeah. Um, Is so, that accurate? Seven million they got for the interview. That's what I heard. I don't know how much they got for the interview. I did read this morning that like their their Netflix deal is a hundred million over five years. And then their Spotify deal is 16 million. Um, I also know she has a deal with Disney. They did address 
that in the conversation last night. And even if you didn't watch it, you probably heard it was happening. It was very heavily hyped um, leading up to the interview. And I have to say, I was not disappointed. They actually like, I'm a, I was a little torn on where I stood on things, but they definitely like a, like she really like had no F's left to give if she went for it all the way. Um, and she really spilled some good dirt that I don't think has ever been really revealed about like the Royal family inner workings and what that dynamic is like. It's very, yeah. it's like a very guarded institution in terms of like what actually happens in there. Um, I guess the big takeaways, like the big bombshells were um, one that she was, she, in her opinion, she was harassed to the point that she was legitimately suicidal while pregnant and that she reached out for help desperately within the institution of the Royal family and was told, you know, just to deal with it quietly herself, like there was no help coming. Um, the big, huge, huge, huge bombshell would be confirmation of the racism within the Royal family and the fact that a unnamed, they did not name this person, but Harry did confirm that some people did discuss with him what would the plan be if their child was dark skinned? What would they do? And what would the consequences of that be? So um, that's actually been narrowed down through my research this morning to they've ruled out that it was the queen herself. Yeah, no. I think I think he went on record of saying that to someone. And what's her husband, Prince uh, Philip? Yes, Prince Philip. Who is dying. Yes. Um, Probably busy. On, yeah, busy. on his deathbed. Um, yeah, and that's one of the factors where, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate on a lot of this. It's not exactly like what I believe. I'm, I'm pretty new to most of this. Uh, I will say that, like, would you say that um, our interest in the Royals is far greater than probably what that you would see in the States? Because, like, Canada is tied to Britain a little, you know, in, you know, part of you were part of the Commonwealth and. A, a little bit. I don't think so. I think like, especially if people of our age, like Prince William and Prince Harry were like heartthrob when I was yeah. in. Like they were, they are actual real life princes that people actually encountered in life. They are pretty rare. I think it's pretty, I think the interest is pretty global um, in the Royal family. Nothing. I don't think compared to actually like within the UK, like they are pretty, pretty right. about them, but right. I would say their appeal is pretty universal. Um, yeah. Like, even in other parts of the world where there are other monarchies, like they are definitely the, from what I would say, like they are the modern day version of like the fairy tales that we've all read as kids or like of that whole Royal life life um, on the biggest scale, I would say. So I think that their appeal in their in people's interest in them is pretty broad across, across the world. So, okay. So, Megan and to some extent, Harry were feeling like they were, trapped and you know could not speak on certain things um she felt like you know she was being held back couldn't live a normal life um they wanted to separate um but it gets a little muddy because you know yeah you want to leave the family but that means okay because british taxpayers are funding a lot of the stuff that this royal family does right and it gets into a whole conversation of what is the point of even having a royal family mm -hmm. you know they don't really have any real power um it's just like a a legacy type thing that yeah. you know that and, and and they're actually being funded a lot of, by the british commonwealth like the people of of, of britain yeah um so you want to leave okay that's fine well then you're no longer on our payroll you're no longer getting security D does that all make sense to you like no. does that 
Okay. So what I, what I, okay, just to wrap up the one about like who, who is Prince Harry referencing that said that to him? Right. About, I have to say, in my opinion, it could only be Prince William or Prince Charles, his father. Okay. Um, in my opinion, like he was still, he's still Prince Harry. He's still a pretty big deal. Very few people I think would have the nerve to say that to him. And who else to me would he protect even now would be only his brother and his father. Like he yeah. pretty forks the rest of it for him. That was some of the backlash for both of these things um, that they were stating that these things happened, but were not willing to say who it was, which left it open to people speculating. And, and they thought that wasn't fair, especially, you know, Prince Phillips on his, deathbed and you know like that it's not a great time to be doing that so like again i don't believe that but that's what like the other side you know there's a whole section in in the uk that like is very protective oh. of the royal family right like so and 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 i could see um good or bad like i mean i don't know how much megan is guilty of there's allegations of her bullying um my point is you don't know what to believe at all because the the, the royal family is are, are experts at at spin, at high at, at, at keeping things contained. Um, they've been dealing with this for decades. You know, when scandals come out, when when Harry's seen wearing a um, Nazi uniform, you know, they are professionals. They've got a PR team that knows how to deal with things. So, is it is it believable that they might just float out completely falsehoods about Meghan to to, to spin the story? totally believable right well, um especially when you consider this is layers but when you consider the other huge news story that the royal family is dealing with that they have worked very hard to bury is right. prince andrew the queen's son right very closely connected with jeffrey epstein the whole pedophile ring they have really i in my opinion if i were to sum it up they sold out megan and put all their clout to bury the prince andrew thing and they yep. let megan be like the de facto criminal of their family that was attacked by the press. And of course, like, you know, um, you know, systemic racism played into that as well, because she was the first person of color and the different ways that she was attacked and as compared to other people who get criticism in the royal family. That's what I think. And the thing that honestly blew my mind from that interview was, I remember when they had their baby and they said that he was not going to be a prince. He would not receive any of the titles. They as in the royal family would not give him a title. And I, I had assumed and the way it was positioned in the media was that that was a choice that Harry and Meghan were making for their son. Right. But Harry and Meghan revealed last night was no, that, yeah. that, that to me, like, I'm sorry, how is that not because why would they do that? Why would they not at least that doesn't that make sense never, to me. That has never happened before. And so that is just like you and your brother both have kids and every other kid in the family gets a gold, a gold bar when they're born. Just not your son, Charlie. Yeah. It's not personal. Just this one time, the first time in 5,000 years, we're just going to not yeah. do it with this one baby. It just so happens that you married someone who isn't white. It's not related. Like, I'm not sure how anyone could see that that isn't, doesn't seem like an oddity. And how could you not be upset and offended and upset for your child in that scenario? It does scream racism to me. Um, and it's interesting because Meghan Markle, I don't want to say that somebody who's light skin is more or less black than somebody with darker skin, but like, you know, she, I believe her father is white. Um, you know, she's doesn't exactly, you know, if you didn't know, you know, she could be all sorts of different nationalities. Like, you know, it'd be interesting to see if it was like, you know, a dark skinned black person, what the reaction would have been then. Because like, 
I don't know. It just seems like I look at Meghan Markle and I don't even see, I just, you know, she could be, you know, to me, she could, she's like my wife, right? My wife could pass for Indian. She could pass for um, Latino. She just kind of has like dark skin. She's actually in fact, Croatian. Um, yeah. So I, I, all I could think was like, man, could you imagine if they, if, if Harry had married some like a black woman from like the Bronx and like, imagine the shit I would have loved to see that just stir up the Royal family. And you know what, he did address that in saying, and I think you can tell, like, I thought it was interesting, like, Megan, 100%, I feel like you could see in her eyes, like, she hates them. She does. She does not care. To her, it's like, she hates them, how they treated her and how they- Did she not know? She she claims to be pretty naive of what she was getting into, but I find it hard to believe that she could have been that naive. I think, I, I, I definitely think, I'll tell you right now, the royal family underestimated what they were getting when they got a fame-hungry American in the, in their midst. Like, she's got a PR game way better than that. Okay, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said it because, you know, when I said that, you know, the, uh, the royal family are experts at, at spin and controlling the narrative, there seems like there may, you know, you could argue that there's, there's, um, there's motivation from Megan and Harry's end. Uh, if you're going to get paid $7 million to do this uh, exclusive sit down, you're going to want to make it good. Oh, yeah. You're going to feel the obligation to, to give some dirt. Yes. And there's a possibility. I'm not saying that this is true, but you know, things might get a little embellished, you know, yeah. in order to make this worth $7 million in their minds. Right. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think that, like, I think the royal, like, the institution of the royal family underestimated a modern day thirst hungry girl. Um, right. And what, and she's had, like, she's an actress. She understands how PR works. She had a social media game before this. Um, like, there's, if you compare Harry and Meghan's PR and social media strategy to Kate and Williams, like, light years ahead, um, they definitely underestimated her. And I, I, like, from her very first interview when she said like she didn't really know anything about Prince Harry, like, I'm sorry, that's baloney. Everyone my age knows who Prince Harry is. Everyone, you know, know is aware. There's no way that's true. Um, but like, this is a girl who went, who is an actress, desired fame. So she definitely has, in my opinion, like the a way better game than the royal family has right now on this in terms of how she presents herself. And like right now is not the time to be making a pregnant woman of color cry about how you racially bullied her. It's right. not, it's, it's the worst time ever. It's always been a bad time, but in terms of optics, like they are in trouble right now. This is not, a, yeah. not, not the time for them to have made this mistake. And it's pretty blatant how much her race played into how she was treated and how she was, how her son was, that's the weirdest thing to me that like, you know, you could make an argument that maybe they did know or eventually they learned that she was going to ruffle feathers. And and that's maybe why, um, you know, they pushed her away. They, they were a certain way towards her. Maybe it didn't have to do with color. Um, but the whole we're not going to give your son's titles thing seems very strange to me. That's where it kind of like. Why else would you do that other than, you know, the color of his skin? And I thought she made a very good point that's pretty hard to refute is that from her perspective, so she was upset they weren't defending her in the tabloids. You could argue like that's part of it. That's part of what you signed up for when you married Harry. Okay. But when her and her son are the, the subject of very negative, very negative tabloid coverage and a lot of hate being put towards them, um, 
And then you also say, I'm not going to defend you in the press. I'm going to let the press make you infamous across the world. And then I'm also going to take your baby and not protect him from yeah. crazy people that I've exposed him to via how I, how I use yeah. his name. That's not fair. And I think that was the point that Harry made when they took away his security just because he wasn't an active member of the royal family anymore, the threat to him is no less. Just like the president of the United States, when he's no longer the president, he is not no longer serving America. The threat to his life still exists because of what he has done. So like their, chil their children are for sure, definitely at risk from crazy people um, as a result of that. And I do think it's, it's, I can't understand how they could justify removing, removing their child's titles um otherwise yeah. everyone else has had it and it doesn't make any sense uh, what um do you have any insight what's the story about initially it was reported that um uh the other i'm gonna call her the other wife the other duchess um what's her kate middleton kate sorry kate um that she had made no, that Megan had made her cry. That was and then it was, story. it came out that she actually made Megan cry. Do you know what happened there? So I remember that story coming out and that was part of like how the British press had, had definitely positioned Kate as the perfect duchess, an innocent, uh, delicate flower, if you will. And Megan was this fame obsessed bridezilla who was coming in and being aggressive and making her cry. And Megan revealed that last night, but that was for her when she realized that the institution of the Royal family was never going to protect her. When uh, her and Kate did get into a disagreement before the wedding and Kate made Megan cry, Megan said, and that's and she also said that Kate apologized. That yes, came out as well. She, said she wasn't going to get into the details of their fight because Megan apologized to her after and it wasn't anything major. It was just, you know, she was mean to her about it and she felt bad about it after. So she didn't want to make Kate look bad because she thinks Kate's a good person. But the way the royal family then allowed the spin of that story to be the opposite of what was true and would not in any way refute that for her, even though she said like they would refute stories against Kate all the time. Right. So we began to see the disparity between how yeah. they were going to be treated, even though they were expected to do the same things. And she made a good point. There was a lot of fuss in the British press about typically in the royal family, when you have a baby, the day you have a baby, you're expected to come out on the steps and let the whole world press photograph you with your baby, which as a woman who's had a baby is barbaric, I think. Yeah. Like, Give a break, and they but they've all done it. They have all done it, and um, Megan did not do that. And so there was a lot of you know negative negativity around like she disrespects our traditions, she doesn't care. But when she said in the interview last night, if you're not protecting my baby, I'm not going to hold my baby up to the parade it around for you, yeah. No security guard, which yes, that makes sense to me. Why why should she have to do that? So um, it was very interesting. And I feel like they really did drop a lot of bombs. Like the content was was hot for me as a viewer. Like I'm very intrigued to see how the royal family can possibly spin this in any British way. news is on fire right now. Like it, it'll be all they talk about for the yeah. next week or two. You know, I'm, I'm assuming there'll be some sort of response at some point from the uh, royal family. Yeah. So yeah, I'm back in. 
Like it's been a while since I've seen you in the office and you're, you're the only person that kept me in on uh, the Royals. And like I said, I, I haven't read an InTouch magazine in a long time. So I, I miss my celebrity gossip. I was a big Perez Hilton uh, reader back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy this. We know that obviously this is not like the most important thing that's happening in the world. It's, you know, a lot of this is kind of silly, but it's fun to to follow this stuff. I've always loved it. And it is interesting. And the other thing I was curious about with that one last thing is just the fact that when they asked quite a bit about like, what is your relationship like with William? Because right. my age, like they were best buds, they were brothers, like they were so close. And definitely I think what Megan said a lot of great stuff. Harry, I think I was a bit disappointed. Harry didn't like bring a lot, but obviously you could tell like, it's still his family and it's all he has. So he wasn't yeah. as separate from them as Megan is, but you could, I think his, what he didn't say spoke a lot about William. Right. He said, you know, we're, I love him, but we're on different paths. Like if you're, yeah. you're still friends and you still text every day and you are close, you would say that that's an easy answer. My, my brother, William and I are best friends. I love him. There, nothing could ever change. That was not, he did not say that at all. Yeah. Um, so it's clear that their relationship is, is strained. Well, you know what my opinion on that is I, for Harry, when all this was happening, the most powerful person that Prince Harry knows is his brother, future King of England at any point, which I can relate to my own family. If, you know, if me and my sister were in a family dispute and everyone was slagging on Justin and just like disparaging my husband. And I cried to my sister is so horrible. Justin is suicidal. And then my sister just doesn't say anything about it to anyone. Like William has never, not once defended Megan, never said, yeah. Hey, this is racist or this is wrong. I don't agree with this. She didn't make my wife cry. He could have, he could have changed that with one statement. Yeah. And he obviously has chosen to preserve his power structure that he's a part of over his brother, which is, I guess, you know, or he's got a completely different story, you know, like this yeah. is, this is their side of things. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, while I'm, I lean towards the side of believing most of it, it you know, we just don't know. Yeah, so true. Um, I, I will say I've always liked Harry. Is that, big fan of Harry. He's made a couple of mistakes as he grew up, like, you know, dressing up as a Nazi for a costume party. and But he just seen, I don't know, there was like all kinds of great stories that came out about his time in the military. And I don't know, he just seems like relatively normal human being considering. Yep, and I'm going to tell you, my call right now is that the royal family has underestimated the um, the, the press savvy skills of Meghan Markle, and oh, yeah. they should have kept her on the team. Like Carrie said, she would have been a huge asset, even just from like them trying to improve their image optics wise. If it wasn't, right. sincere, they could have handled it better. Um, yep. So I, I think I would agree. They have made an interesting enemy in Meghan Markle, and I'm uh, Team Meghan. For curious. All right, so we will keep tabs on this, and I'm sure we'll we'll discuss it again. Um, during my drive home from the cottage, uh, the other day, uh, I was listening to, I want to say it was the Bill Simmons podcast. Bill Simmons is a very famous sports writer. He, um, his whole podcast platform, uh, the ringer was purchased by Spotify. They do podcasts on everything from sports, movies, TV, celebrity gossip. Uh, he's really got his fingers in everything. He'll do a podcast where he talks an hour about basketball and then he gets into uh he's obsessed with the road rules challenge road rule you know the the challenge the what sorry like you're talking about the mtv show road rules yeah yeah and who's the guy johnny bananas is that his name remember him he wins he always wins it sounds familiar 
Sounds- Anyways, he'll have him on the podcast. Anyway, so he got in this conversation. Um, a new podcast series is starting um, specifically on the uh, catalog and just basically all about Taylor Swift. So well, it got me thinking, and and you know, and they, you know, who I forget who was who he was speaking to, but um, basically the guy was like gushing about how Taylor Swift is like arguably the greatest, not like you know, artist, whatever, but like female entrepreneur. Um, in that getting, you know, I'll touch on this part first. Uh, basically, when you go to Spotify now, you'll see um, Taylor Swift's, one of her albums I think is done so far, but it's Taylor's version. Oh. Um, yeah, you would have more background on this. So Taylor Swift basically lost the her masters. Yeah. So a master is like the master recording of an album. It's it's what, it's the pressing or, or plates or whatever they use to print or create more copies of of those masters right and like the digital rights all that stuff is tied to them i believe um so somebody else owns them she can't buy them back they won't sell them they've been flipped a few times they were once owned by scooter braun um and so what she's done is she's decided just to re-record them which is like awesome so now when you go to spotify you'll see what's the name of one of her albums uh, Fearless, I think the one that she has um, is that's her first album. That's the one she's re-recording right now. Fearless, right? Yeah. So then you'll see Fearless, and then you'll see Fearless, Fearless uh, Taylor's version, which Taylor's is the one she re- recorded. So, which is cool because then, like, her fans will know. Okay, go listen to that one. Do not listen to the other one. So, yeah. I thought that was interesting, and I'm surprised more artists haven't done that because there's been all sorts of, you know, disputes over uh, master recordings. I mean, the Beatles, I, I don't think they could have re-recorded, but. Um, and it's yeah, tough to have it's tough to have a fan base. That is what makes this uh, option an option for her is that she has a fan base of people who will take her new recording, put it to number one, even though it's a twelve yeah. year long, and um, only listen to that and act. That's the power, I guess, that artists have now if they build their own following and connect with them with social media. Is that Taylor can rally, rally her fans to do what she wants them to do and to devalue her master version. And I thought it was, she announced when the whole drama about her masters happened, she did announce that she would re-record all of her albums. And I was interested to see, cause Taylor's petty. And I love that about her cause I'm petty as well. Um, sometimes. And uh, she, I was curious to see, would she re-record them updated 2021 version of her cla- of her hits? Or would she do what she did do, which is re-record them verbatim, which is so petty. And I love that so much because there is just literally no reason to ever listen to the version she doesn't own ever again. Um, I don't think people want like, yeah, she because she could have like, yeah. Wasn't you know, sure if she add in new elements to it or make them a people whole- don't like that. People want, you know, if they want to go listen to that album, they want that album. It's the same thing with movies. Like people hate when people like when say George Lucas messed with Star Wars and added a bunch of digits. They want the movie as they know it, right? If they want to listen to your new stuff, they'll go to your new stuff. So uh, that didn't surprise me. I mean, she may, you know, she may have cleaned up some like audio things here and there that she wasn't a fan That's of before. But right, yeah, so. That makes sense. I'm I'm glad she kept them as is because that's how. But yeah, like like you said, like, exact copies, right? Like that's that's like, awesome. Those are worth nothing, and she and you know what? She's in her fight, Taylor. I, as you know, I'm a fan of Taylor, and more so a fan of like her business strategy. I think she is a master of what she does. A lot of times, if I'm disappointed with Taylor, it's because like she has a great point and she's right, and then she just, in my opinion, like goes a little too far off of it. Um, and then loses some of the credibility of how right she is. Um, like the whole, the whole recordings thing with Scooter Braun, 
she is right 100% that as an artist, she should own her work and she should not have been, she should not be holden for all of time to a decision she made when she was 16 years old. And artists shouldn't ever be asked to do that. Artists should never be asked to give up the rights to what they create. It is unfair and it is unjust. And that's like a big thing that she's working for on behalf of all artists, she says, is that most artists don't have the clout of Taylor Swift to do what she's doing to remake the value of her masters. And she thinks all artists should be able to own their work, which is a, an irrefutable argument to make. That is the stance to be on. I just, sometimes it pains me that then she also has to add in the layer of like, she has a personal issue with Scooter Braun. Yeah. When, then, then of course you can be on different sides of that battle. Whereas if she just stuck to her principles on that, that is, she's all, that is a hundred percent right. Black and white. Whereas right. the Braun thing, you can believe him or not believe him. You can love Justin Bieber. And therefore, uh, if you don't know, Scooter Braun made Justin Bieber a thing. Um, they are best friends. He's his manager. So um, that I wish, I guess that's, that's obviously up to her to decide how she wants to approach it. But if, if I'd been on her team, that, that's a call I would have changed for her on that one. But she did redo her, redo, redo her masters and she's doing it really well. Interested to hear, to hear your thoughts on the latest mini controversy i don't i don't know it, it was a, it was a thing last week it feels like it's died down a bit but um essentially uh okay so this show Ginny and georgia i've never heard of it it's on netflix i believe yes netflix um where they made just kind of a, a joke in passing um uh, you go through more men than taylor swift yes. um as to okay so t taylor swift i believe responded on twitter saying that it was lazy and and, and it was but i mean Okay, I guess my question here is, okay, so there's been this whole, you know, going way back, you know, jokes about Taylor Swift, but in my mind, and to me, there's a separation here. Um, it's been called like slut shaming. And to me, it was never, I never thought of it like that, right? I think there's a distinction between like somebody who dates a lot of people and has had a lot of boyfriends or whatever, or, like famous breakups. I, to me, that wasn't slut shaming, but, you know, I keep hearing slut shaming being thrown around. To me, it was almost the opposite. Like, you know, if you're somebody that's, had a lot of boyfriends that's like kind of like the opposite of being a slut like you just date a lot of people and whatever for whatever reason you move on um so yeah i never thought of that as like slut shaming in the in the episode they say you go through more men so i mean it could be implied um slut shaming which totally but to me it was always more just like you know i've got a friend that i never thought she was a slut she just dated a lot of different people yeah i think you could, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Typically speaking for women that it's implied, it is implied that you are a yeah. slut uh, as a result of that. Um, and I think the point that she makes because she, you know, I think people would say like you do sing about your breakups all the time um, in your songs, but I mean, so does everybody else. And you know, like John Mayer, I think she references is one of her ex-boyfriends that she wrote a song about he has dated more famous women than she <laughs> yeah. And every interview he does is not about his ex-girlfriend. Right, good point. And that's, again, that double there's standard. There's more to him than who he dates, but Taylor Swift is just the list of right. women he has. Right, and I think I even heard her say um, in that podcast, that they had a clip of her saying something like, you know, initially, you know, it, it wasn't a big thing for her. She kind of just brushed it off. But like after, like you said, people bringing it up constantly and it always being thrown about, about like her being a serial dater or whatever, it just gets old quick. right? Especially when you are the um, most accomplished musician of your generation in terms of like record sales and like business achievements that you've made through your music. It's it, I'm sure it must be annoying to have it always 
always come back to you dated Harry Styles and wasn't he cute? Um, what what did you do to screw that up, Taylor? Kind of situation. Who else did she date? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Right? John Mayer. Um, he's a famous one. Who else is a famous uh, ex of hers? I didn't oh, even think of it. Like, if you date two guys a year, if if you're young and you date like two people a year, you date someone for a couple months and then you just stop seeing. That's not really. A, I don't think that's a. No, it really that. isn't. But that's what it's like if you're a famous female. Yeah, right. It's not the same if you're Justin Timberlake as it is when you're Britney Spears, right? Like, right. They, they both dated each other, but uh, you know, they didn't. Only one of them got drilled about about it for the rest of their lives. Right. Yeah. Good point. So that you know, we discussed it last week with the whole Britney thing. It's that double standard of women are certainly uh, treated differently. Yes. Happy International Women's Day. Did I say that? Yeah, well, it is a happy International Women's Day indeed, Charlie. Um, and that was tough timing for when she she did tweet. That was kind of like her 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 tongue in cheek comment. There was like Happy International. It's the month of it's the month of International Women's Day, and you guys are still still reducing me to who I've dated. In right, well, I did see that the creators of that show kind of defended the joke, saying that it was supposed to be in poor taste um, based on who the character was that said it. But to be fair, I didn't actually see the see the show so i'm not sure like the context that they used it in but she didn't care for it and yeah and i want to say that i think the two lead writers were female or something like that so. yes yeah yeah i mean yeah it was a lazy joke but like not I, a good I, joke. That's, that's well, let's not cancel the people who wrote no i'm not about you know i'm all about the accountability culture as opposed to the cancel culture like even you know even justin timberlake i don't i'm not a fan but i don't think he should be canceled i think he should be held accountable for correcting what he did wrong not cancel the things that i probably you know have said to people and yeah, i think like yeah if you can if you if you have the ability to self-reflect and say okay i should not have done this i'm sorry then i think you should be able to move on i always thought about that with like you know different tangent but with the tiger woods scandal with with his wife and the cheating allegations he never just if his pr people were just like listen just put make a statement I made a mistake. I've made some mistakes in my life. And unfortunately those are put under a microscope because I'm famous. Um, you know, I'm sorry. And I, I should not have behaved this way. Oh, done. Like gone. People would have moved on. And I don't know. I just feel yeah. like people are, are, should be quicker to self-reflect and just apologize and, and learn and move on. Speaks to the ego that they don't do that. I feel right. And that's it. Yeah. Ego. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What else do we have on oh, today's? Well, the last thing I want, or Taylor, I was calling you Taylor. Charlie, the last thing I wanted to talk about was not celebrity gossip related. So, um, but <laughs> I just watched this. My husband watches this show. I forget what it's called. Anyway, it's like about extreme weather. And I was not, oh, yeah. and I just had to tell someone this that I watched last night that right now, do you, do you know, this is maybe dumb of me. Um, the Atlantic Ocean floor, I didn't know this from school, I believe. I wasn't sure. I don't know if I knew it was like still happening. The Atlantic Ocean floor is separating two and a half centimeters a year. Tectonic plates, is that like what it is? Shifting underneath, causing this. And I did not know this. There is what is called the ring of fire that basically connects a volcano in New Zealand to one in Iceland. And we they are like happening. And that's what's happening in Hawaii right now is like, so when the plates move, the lava comes up, it goes down the ring of fire all across like this one hemisphere of the globe. And 
So right now there's like an active volcano potentially could destroy Iceland. I feel it's very big. It looked like it's smoking. And there's also, they're having tsunamis in New Zealand also right. as a result of all of this. And they could have a volcano blow there. And I have to be honest with you, maybe I've been spending too much time, you know, watching Harry and Meghan. I was not aware this was the thing that was happening. And it kind of blew my mind that this is like an active volcano issue that we're having in our planet right now. Did you know about these volcanoes, Charlie? Am I the only one? I did. So th there's all sorts of fears with, uh, what is it? Yosemite or Mount, Mount St. Helens? Mount St. Helens. The one in the States, right? Like, so there's total potential. I did not know about the ring of fire, but this is something that Joe Rogan talks about a lot, a lot, a lot, yeah. like, you yeah. know, an extinction level event, like the, you know, these happened every, you know, 500,000 years or so. And the potential for one of these mega volcanoes to blow, you know, spew out, enough ash to completely cover you know cover the sun that's like basically what happened with the um ice age right like is you know, whatever meteor and the ash covered out the sun everything got freezing cold messes with all sorts of weather weather patterns blocking out the sun yeah like there is potential for this to happen and it's kind of a random thing like yes they can track like you know the shifting of the tectonic plates and stuff like that well, but the there's box. always that potential like Mount St. Helen that you're referencing. So after I saw the show, then of course I had to like go on YouTube and like find out a little bit more about it. And like Mount St. Helen, it did, it did erupt and uh, cause mass devastation, I think in the seventies. And they had like at the time top tech, they had volcanologists, cool name. Okay. Anyone out there thinking of a career change? It's not the study of, uh, on the Vulcan Vulcans from Star Trek. Yeah. Yes. Volcanology on the volcano. And uh, it's sad, actually, maybe sad for him, but like the head vol volcanologist who was on Mount St. Mount St. Helen um, died because it literally erupted. Like his his little trigger was like it's erupting, and he literally got one radio call in, like it's happening, it's happening, and then bam, like obviously he's gone. Um, oh, wow. Mass destruction happened. So like I'm not sure if anyone out there's listening knows. Uh, let me know if we've made huge advancements in our volcano eruption technology, but it seems like we have a ways to go and maybe we should be working on it a little bit more. Because <laughs> these maybe he was the only volcanologist and there just hasn't been one for 50 years. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a good endorsement for joining the team um, that Jack did not return from that last expedition. I guess, I guess maybe a, an occupational hazard you're aware of if you study volcanoes, but Anyway, didn't know that, so just wanted to bring that to the attention of everybody. If anyone needs to look up something for interest today, volcanoes still a thing. Hot, hot. <laughs> you got a hot topic? Yeah, hot topic <laughs> on that. <laughs> you got to do that on uh, when's our next uh, marketing meeting on Wednesday? Hot topic. Yeah. yeah. We always we always end our team calls if anyone has like a hot topic they want to share, and I could have missed opportunity. I could have shared that one. Today. Did you ever see the presentation that Melissa gave on Groundhog Day? Have you heard of that? Of course I did. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't there that day, but um, someone sent it to me after, and it was great. I learned so much. I learned so much about. I um, think I think you should do one of those on on, on volcanoes. I'll have to learn more to get on to get on that level. I will have to put together maybe a, a quick overview presentation of like my concerns. <laughs> Create a little a deck for us all. We're big, we're big on the deck in our team. Yeah. Okay, so we are rapidly running out of time here um i just wanted to get to maybe finish off the episode today with one hypothetical i thought it was fun last week so i've got one here which one should i go with um okay 
how would you change how you live your life if life was like a video game where you got where you get to respawn back at home after dying? Oh, wow, that's a good one. Oh, well, I mean, I would probably like have less anxiety in general. Um, and I was just, I'm sorry, all of us have this ability or just me? Like, do I still have to worry about everybody else? I would assume I think all. it's just you. I would say just you, yeah. Well, okay, just me then. Hmm. You know, I don't know if it would be more skydiving in your life, uh, wrestling alligators. I would eat a lot more if I like Ooh, yeah, I, you could eat. I wouldn't give up my nighttime snacking the same way because like, you know, that wouldn't affect me maybe the same way. Um, I guess I would for sure maybe do some crazier stuff. But you know what I think about with that? That reminds me of the movie Jumanji, like where they restart when they die. Yeah, you and, get like, a certain amount of lives. It still hurts getting eaten by a hippo. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, you're going through that couple minutes of pain at least until you die. Yeah. So if you are going to die, you want to make it quick. Yeah, I think like skydiving for sure. I'd probably take a chance on skydiving. Um, I don't know if it would change. That's a good one. How about you? What, what would it change for you? I, I just think I would live my life, you know, just taking more chances in general. That's something that like I have a little bit of regret with my life is I, I didn't take, you know, I always felt like I could have taken more chances just in, in everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a little bit more reserved and uh, there's probably a lot of things I would have liked to do or like to say in certain situations that I, I didn't, I just held back. So I think just in general, <laughs> taking more chances, you, you're, you're the opposite. I mean, with things you didn't say, like I, I, if anything, I would take back many things, 80% of what I said in my life. <laughs> See, I was that person I would get in like, you know, whether it's a confrontation or, or whatever. And I would go home and go, Oh, I should have said this. I should have said this, you know, and like I would eat away at me. You're out of jerks. I've gotten a lot better at speaking. Like my family would say, I, in my, you know, in the last 15 years or so, I'm better at speaking my mind just because I'm, you know, I've grown to become a secure individual with, with who I am. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable speaking my mind on certain things. So, Please. but yeah, yeah. Just like, I, I guess I would just take more, more chances. Okay. Yeah. Last one. Same. Last one. I got another one here. It's good for you. Would you rather know all the languages in the world or how to play all the instruments? Oh, languages for sure. Easy. For me, it's instruments. I mean, languages would get you much further in life. You you'd probably, you know, you uh, job. Uh, I don't know. You could be a famous musician. I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, yeah, I would love to speak a lot of language. I would love to speak multiple languages. But. Yeah, same. I would love, for me, yeah, hands down, languages one. Um, a, you sound cool uh you can talk to anyone anywhere you go career opportunities the musician part i suppose like i guess are you great i would assume you're great at all of them yeah. um which would also be cool but i mean i've made it this far in life i can't play any instruments whatsoever um so i guess i haven't known the joy i haven't known the joy of producing music so maybe that excuse my answer Music is something like, you know, I love music and i've always had this fascination with an admiration for people who could play instruments and play them well there was a guy in high school that like so i was a good athlete in high school and this guy was a little bit into basketball so he, I, he kind of looked up to me when it came to sports but he was a wizard when it came to music the guy would sit in like the forum like where everybody in high school is like the middle section and just play his guitar and people would just listen this guy was a wizard and little did he know like i don't think he knew but i idolized him for that in, in hindsight you know i would give away any ounce of athletic talent I had to be able to play an instrument like that. Like I, I just constantly, I, I, I often think like, Hey, if I was a guitar wizard, I, I would just like 
my, my front step is right out here. I'd be out there with a little like amplifier for my neighbors, like, like jamming on the guitar. People would be walking by and maybe three people would stop. I'd be like, yeah, hey, I got a request. And you just play the song. Oh, I think that's the coolest. I, I think being able to play an instrument is so cool. That is. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's super cool. Um, yeah, it is very cool. There was a guy in my high school that I went to. Um, Shane Pynchon was his name. And like at parties, any request you could just throw it at him and somehow he could like play it and sing it like any song, any song you couldn't stop. That's so cool. Very cool. I still know him. I still know. I still remember that about him. So obviously it was, it was very cool at the time. He's probably not on a famous podcast with tens of listeners. No, honestly, does he have tens of listeners? I <laughs> Shout out to all the slackers out there. And with, that, with that, I think that's uh that's an episode. Um, yeah. As always guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, housekeeping stuff i'm still trying to get um live access on linkedin so that will absolutely be a platform that you'll be able to see this episode live um it'll continue to be live on facebook uh potentially moving this to an audio stream where it's more of like a, a typical podcast jesse and i'll have a conversation on that so um yeah anything else that you want to say jesse yeah thanks to the tens of people out there um watching appreciate it hope you enjoy See you guys All right, next. guys. See you next week.